from the land down under, here comes the podcast of thunder. We're yeah. about to lay it down. Welcome to the Peach and Black Podcast. Your central place to hear unofficial news and intelligent discussion on all things happening in the Prince world. Featuring the hosts, MC. He's going for gold. He's going this track. The Captain. If anyone knows me, I love 80s classic rubbish pop. Player. It's kind of interesting where he was at that point in any, any time. Ojan. The word I've got here circled is sap. It's just sappy. And other special guests. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Welcome back to the Peach and Black podcast. It's MC Slowmo, and I'm a gracious host with the most. Yeah. Everybody under me, make a toast. Yes. 2010. It's 2010. New album. Oh, man. We're just ready to get onto this one. Everyone, say hello. Player. Yo. Captain. Oh, sticky, sticky. And Toe Jam. Yeah, hello. <laughs> all right, we're, we're all here, and uh, we're here for one reason and one reason alone, and that is a new release. 2010 has come out, new album from Yay. the Purple Yoda <laughs> from the heart of Minnesota. Um, this should be a good show. Uh, we're going to get into just our, I mean, a lot of different things, but We'll get everyone's opinions, first impressions. Uh, basically, uh, we're not going to go into a detailed, in-depth review. That'll come uh, later, at some point in the future. But it's just about talking uh, talking about this recent release. Now, we've only very, very recently heard this. We have to apologize to all our international listeners. As most people know, the album only came out on the 10th of July. Um, but luckily for us, uh, some of our well-connected uh, buddies on, on this show <laughs> were able to hook us up with um, some CDs from London and from Belgium. So we're happy enough to say we have the album in our hands. We've listened to it um, on full quality CD sound and we're ready to talk about it. So um, that's that. Uh, before we get into it, what else has been happening? Uh... BT Awards? BT? Yeah? Yeah. That's where it started. That's, so that's right. That's where we, we picked up from where we left off. So, anyone have some thoughts on that before we get into everything else? Uh, I enjoyed it. It was good. Yeah, like, I, thought it, I thought it was a good tribute. I remember first being disappointed that Prince wasn't playing, but after a while I kind of thought about it. It's like, well, it's a tribute to him, so you know, there's nothing wrong with him just you know, being gracious and, and <laughs> yeah. listening to it. He could have <laughs> done a tribute to himself. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, you, don't usually, you don't usually perform at your own... At your own tribute, sir. This is Prince. <laughs> One thing I thought really interesting was the um, reaction to Janelle Monae's performance because people like were slamming it. I was surprised. I really liked her performance of Latina. Yeah, Ring. that rocked. I thought it yeah, was it awesome. Was... I thought that one performance was the best that like even Prince has done in the last ten years. Really? Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> wow. Like, well, like it just seems like when he does that song now it's just like going through the motions whereas when she she did it it was really sort of energised and electrified and yeah. just it just took it to another level mm. so I, I thought that she she did really well with that yeah totally I yeah I'll, I'll, purple, I'll agree with purple, that Purple Rain got murdered though <laughs> hey it but was... she kicked off her shoes I mean how good is that that was nasty is that because is that because it stunk so much 
man, that was hilarious. Uh, Alicia Keys was good, Janelle Monae was good, but that was Paddy LaBelle. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know how he, I don't know how he could sit there and. <laughs> I, I actually, I actually thought the coolest performance of the night was Esperanza. It shows you how much mm. of in my minority I'm in. But um, no, oh, that was good. I don't yeah, know if it was the best. They were all, they were all good performances. But I just thought it was that, just the coolest in and and when I say coolest, just true to the word, just absolute cool. Um, she had a, an aura about herself playing the stand-up bass. It was a bit too low in the mix, I thought. Maybe it was on yeah. just when you watch it online, but. Um, yeah. You could you could hit you could really see him grooving to it, mm. and uh, and that was also good to see. But yeah, they were all fantastic. Alicia Keys knocked it out of the park. How, how yeah, awesome was it good. listening to her sing a door? I mean, it was just something about it was almost like a fan singing it mm. in a sense because you know that she's a fan of, of of him and his music, but she's also a great performer and a great vocalist. So it, oh, that was interesting. I think what was most interesting was his speech. Why is that? Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but the way you worded the the speech where he said, um, learning about the mistakes that he made, mm. you know, like those mistakes technically has gotten him to the point where he is now, where he's in, being inducted for a lifetime achievement. May, like maybe he had regrets, but mm. I wouldn't really consider them mistakes. And if I'd like to know what he considers the mistake. Yeah. Because it's it's just interesting, like, okay, if you think that it, what you've done is a mistake, then what is it that you think is a mistake? Obviously, maybe um, some of the cursing in his songs or whatever, but... Some some of the deals he made. Mm. Like, do you remember that Oprah interview and she said something similar? Um, do you ever regret doing some of the stuff? And he goes, no, everything's relative or whatever. I mean, mm. this was pre-Jehovah days, but still, like, even he recognised then that, like, whatever he did in the past it's you know he's you know he's been there and done that mm. and but now it seems like a little bit different where he's saying like you know you don't have to do what i did and it's like oh okay well yeah you do <laughs> yeah you, you, gotta I, make, you gotta make your own mistakes to get I, where you're going yeah i was actually gonna say something very similar captain i i think um without going in too in depth on this i, I found it interesting that that he mentioned that considering it was a lifetime achievement award like yeah. the, the the context is a, a body of work, and obviously when you looked at that tribute video, the vast majority of it was from um, the time when he was most popular, or you know I, I guess the, the the hallmarks of his career. And when you think about it, you, you know what what you're saying is is completely spot on. Those were the events, the songs, the moments, um, etc. That that's a part of your history, part of your legacy, really. Yeah, um, your musical legacy, anyway. So it was interesting for him to 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 be up there on that podium and then telling people they don't have to make those same mistakes. That's interesting because you're you're drawing a comparison between your career and the career of artists coming up in 2010. I don't know. Mm. It's if I could get to where he is now, I'd be happy to make those mistakes. <laughs> More yeah. than happy. Yeah, that was interesting. But then, then the other, the, there were there were more interesting comments, though, weren't there? I mean, the, the comment that he made about uh, the future is in good hands. Well, mm. w- was he watching the same awards show? Or? <laughs> because I think he might have just been talking about those ones, like Janelle Monae and possibly yeah. Alicia Keys. Maybe yeah. not Patti LaBelle, but the other two, the other three. Esperanza, <laughs> yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Patti's not really the the new fresh face. 
yeah. on the block. Anyway, all, all in all, I think it was a good tribute um, to to the man and his work, and and I, you could see that he at least appeared to enjoy it. I've yeah. just got one question: Has he taken that shirt off in the last two weeks? <laughs> <laughs> he's worn it at every festival, every concert he's done well, so far. It's interesting. It's, cool it's interesting that he's wearing that shirt, which is basically got the, the image of the cover of the album on it and he's performing in that shirt and he still hasn't performed a single song off the new album in full <laughs> oh we're waiting for that <laughs> it, that doesn't make sense <laughs> it just doesn't make sense um, but anyway enough of, enough that's, of me that's a whole other conversation yeah that's a whole other show <laughs> maybe but, you can get that that t-shirt sent to you <laughs> so <laughs> I heard that Lotus Flower's site got shut down because it was an act of God. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call it an act of God. <laughs> okay, so BT Awards, uh, then we had the tour, the official store, if you can even call it a tour, but um, the, the festival festival tour started and then he's done some of his uh, some of his own shows uh, that aren't he's a part of the, I guess, the festival. Circuit. So, so that's interesting. Any feedback on that from what we've read or seen on uh, online? Well, actually, one thing I think is quite interesting is that there seems to be a mass amount of YouTube videos. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe I haven't been looking hard enough, but they don't seem to be taken be taken down as quickly as they were a couple of years ago. It's almost as if he's using YouTube now as a promotion for the new album. The internet's dead, though, isn't it? I suppose it. <laughs> If the internet is dead, he shouldn't worry about it anymore and just let people put up whatever they want on there of his work, then. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, it's dead, he if, it, he look, if it's dead, he shouldn't even be looking at it. That's not his problem anymore. Let people... That that, that comment is going to be brought up so many times by so many different people, and it, <laughs> it was probably said in such a specific context, which it was. <laughs> and, um... Yeah, that's, but it's, that's interesting. it's sort of been taken out of context. They're just yeah, focusing on that line. Yeah, yeah. You know, mean, if it you it said... reminds me of um, you guys. Have you seen the Saturday Night Live print skits when they have Pink, uh, Drew Barrymore playing Pink? Yeah, yeah. And she's like, "I'm Pink. I like to make bold statements." It just reminds me of that kind of thing. Trying <laughs> <laughs> to say something to get a headline. I'm purple. I like to make bold statements. <laughs> um, so that's that. The tour. I mean, any any thoughts on? On any any aspect of the tour, uh, the set all? lists haven't been hugely uh, surprising. Mm. Okay, I, can I mean say the that first few, first few gigs, he was playing to a festival crowd, so you'd imagine that a lot of the material yeah. that he's playing there is going to be, uh, you know, the hits. Yeah, yeah exactly. And and I wouldn't be surprised if that kind of thing is built into the contract as well. Like mm. if you're a promoter, like maybe not for the first gig, but for the second gig, and it's like if. You know that the previous gig where you had 70,000 people and you've just gone out and played a whole lot of songs people don't know, if you're a promoter, you'd be like, I, you know, I want people to be enjoy, you know, I want people to go there to know the song. So that would, all that kind of stuff would be built into the contract, I'm guessing, that yeah. he has to play X number of hits and this kind of thing, which sure. I'm sure he's happy to do. So yeah, I'm not too concerned about, oh, he's not playing enough original material. Like, you know, leave that stuff for the Montreux and the, those kind of... Yeah, um, and little theatre theater dates and things like that. Leave right. leave that stuff for the opera house in Sydney. <laughs> Keep dreaming. <laughs> um, so that's that. That's the tour. Let's move on to 2010, the album release. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, we are in Australia, and obviously we haven't uh, received an official release here, uh, but we're kind enough to get some copies from some of our international friends. 
Um, so thank you guys. And Do, does it look like that it will be released in other regions outside of Europe? Did you say does it or do, or it doesn't? No. It, has there been any word on that? Well, not that I, not that I'm aware of. Mm. There, there's some rumours it was Warner Brothers we're going to distribute it, which we talked about last time, I think. But. Yeah, there was rumours, but there's still nothing, nothing, nothing solid, is there? Like, uh, it could still well just turn out to be a European release, and that's it. I guess before we get into the to the music side of it, you guys raise an interesting point, and that is about the release and the distribution. And the only thing I'll say on that is, has he shot himself in the foot to a degree? Because who would be if you're a record company, if you're if you are Warner Brothers, what incentive have you got to release an album two or three months after it's released in other parts of the world? And in this case, an album that's looks like it's being heavily pirated and bootlegged. Well, I think I touched on it in the last one. Only if it has like alternate tracks or yeah, but how many how many alternate yeah. tracks is it going to have? I mean, I reckon yeah, you could only put one or two on there, but. The other thing you could do is do um, like a full CD with booklet and pictures and, and maybe even throw in a DVD there as a bonus. That's the only way you could do it. And if he does it that way, that's, you know, he can get two That'll bites save out of the it. peach. Yeah. Yeah. D- believe me, a Montro DVD would save it. <laughs> oh, yeah. A deluxe two-disc package would definitely work. <laughs> and I'd like I that. said, if he, he can get two bites of the peach that way. He can, <laughs> get, bu- he can get the paper... <laughs> The, all the paper sales and then the rest of the market and the, it, even the European fans will still buy a second copy because they're getting that extra disc or extra things in it. Hmm. Maybe it's also part of his contract with the newspapers that he won't release it for X amount of time uh, to encourage people to ins- you know make sure because I know some of them you can order, order from overseas hmm. so to encourage people to, to order the newspapers. Yeah, or, or he won't release it anywhere else at all outside of Europe. Yeah. Like you guys already mentioned, you know, you never. But like you said, that just brings on the bootleg. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to, you have to, you'd have to realize that. Uh, it I doesn't think we also that brings on the Somalian pirates. <laughs> <laughs> I think us as um, you know, fairly hardcore Prince fans, we often underestimate the power of the casual fan. I mean, like I'm sure every hardcore fan in America has a copy of this already. But there would be thousands of thousands of just your casual fans who, you know, don't buy every album who may just think, oh yeah, I'll buy a Prince album today kind of thing, that would still buy it, having no knowledge of the history of what's happened in Europe and everything. So. Well, it's like the European audiences. If they just go into a newsagent or their newsstand and there's a paper and you get a free CD, yeah. and they, you know, they wouldn't normally go into a record store and buy a Prince album, they'd definitely buy it just to check it out because it just comes free with the paper. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty powerful medium to get more listeners in. To get your music out there, yeah. Mm. yeah. I mean, who, who really knows? <laughs> who knows what the strategy or what the thinking behind it is? But, I mean, Prince has said in his own words um, why he's doing it. Uh, it might not be the entire uh, reason reasoning, but, you know, he said there's no middleman, no, um, no record contra deal, you know, it's just... That's it. I'm giving it to my paper. People can enjoy it virtually for free. I mean, the cost is negligible in the UK or in wherever wherever else it's being released. So there you go. My music's out there. Um, uh, we could go into a massive discussion about whether it devalues the music, whether it puts him in in, a, in an interesting position. Um, again, on the internet and on the pirate bootleg circuit, 
and we might do that at some point in the future talk about distribution methods in the record industry but it's not why we're here today um, so unless anyone's got anything else to say on the political tip <laughs> let's I'll just go. say this this is a better CD to release free than Planet Earth ooh waiting for the I'm keen to hear your review now <laughs> Okay, <laughs> let's get into it then. All right, remember, we're not doing a track by track. We're just going to go through and, and and talk about it openly, all four of us. Peach Let me Black. go first. I just want to say this is the best album he's put out <laughs> since Lotus Flower and Minneapolis Sound. Hundred <laughs> percent. I'm not sure I agree with you there. <laughs> All right, now that we've got the formalities out of the way, um, what does everyone think about the album overall? Who wants to go first? Who's the biggest fan of this album in the room? I know yet. Mystified Silence. All right, we'll find out. Then. <laughs> um, anyone, any takers for... Who wants to get their hands on this on this little... Well, well I'm very impressed with the album. To me, it's it's very much a kind of sequel to Minneapolis Sounds. Um, kind of like he recorded that album and then almost thought, hey, I can make a similar album. I can make this even better kind of thing. And then uh, that's the way I hear it. Um, yeah, I'm very impressed. I especially like the three ballads, uh, which is contrary to Minneapolis Sound, where I thought the three ballads were not bad, but um, not particularly fantastical. Um, <laughs> but I do really like the three ballads in this. I think the more and more I listen to it, they're becoming the highlight of the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, let's 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 have that discussion then. So, what is what do you guys all think of the three ballads? Well, well, I'm assuming. I'm assuming when you say ballads, you're talking about future soul song. Yep. Walk in sand. Yep. And fear of everything. And fear of everything. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's one of the best ones on there. Oh man, get out of here! Get out of town! (laughs) Oh man, check the lyrics on that. This is like that's such an honest song. I think the lyrics of that song are so honest. Like. Oh. I'll have to refer to my lyric book. Oh, all right, let's, I don't have all right, one. All right, all right. Let's. I'll, I'll hit up. I'll hit up future soul song first. I've been listening to this, and to me, the other two ballads aside, this song is exceptional. It is unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't want to go into too much because we're not doing a track by track. But I'll just say that it's an instant classic, and it's it. I say that without any trepidation hesitation nothing there's not you couldn't convince me otherwise this is an instant classic i only had to listen to it three or four times to make that to make that bold statement if you will it is that's not quite instant but well (laughs) i'll let you you go it's a slight technicality captain (laughs) i only had to listen to it 27 times and it's an instant (laughs) classic (laughs) there's always a smart ass in the house isn't there Well, uh, yeah. Anyway, that's that. That's me. I'm not going to go into the details, but it it is brilliant in every respect. Uh, I, I don't know what what player and and um and captain think. I'm assuming Toe Jam probably agrees with me since he said it's one of well, the best I, songs. There. I'm kind of torn about this, and I posted this on Moquake. I I absolutely love this song. When the first time I heard it, I, I was, I'll admit I was quite moved by it. It's it's quite powerful. Just the whole um the dream, you know, because I'm sure everyone's had that dream where you're flying, and it's just the best experience. And he really captures that in the song. My only thing is, it's just so blatantly similar to Beautiful Ones, uh, Electric Electric Intercourse, Future Baby Mama, When Two Are In Love. It's just so similar to those classic slow Prince ballads. 
that I just can't help but like I'm listening to it I'm really loving it and enjoying it but it's just sort of nagging in my head yeah but he's done this before kind of thing but having said that I, I still really like it well, when, when, you, when you say he's done this before it, what exactly are you referring to? well I mean, how, how technical are you getting? well the drumbeat the Lynn drumbeat it's, obviously it's not completely identical but it's pretty close to the exact same beat in the beautiful ones and then you've got the same chord pattern you'll the major one major four chords this sort of seesawing between the two and hmm. it's like I've just heard him do that so many times and as beautiful as it is uh, you know I don't want to sound like I'm too nagging but it's just it's in my head I can't get it out so hmm. but it is a, an amazing song particularly the, the metaphor of, of the dream okay what about you guys yeah I agree That's, it, it is a really standout track and yeah it'll be up there with the elite ballads wow 2010 and we're talking yeah, about a song it, yeah he's that pulling this out yeah that he's <laughs> 30 years into his career he's he's put out a song that so far three three of us have said instant classic masterpiece <laughs> deservedly in you know the his greatest songs in a list of his greatest songs i mean that's that's pretty remarkable and now let's go to Captain. <laughs> <laughs> well, out of the three, if you want to call them ballads, it's probably the best one. But out of all the tracks on the album, it's it's in the bottom three. Ooh. Wow. I like all the other songs better than those three. Wow. See, on Minneapolis Sound, there was three ballad-style tracks on there, and we said that it sort of made it like a grey area in the album, but... I, these three ballads don't do that to this. Yeah, album. I agree. Yeah. It's no, I a lot better. I disagree with you there, but I think Future it, Soul it slows is it. Brilliant. It slows it down. It slows mm. it down like the pace of the album, but it doesn't totally send it to a black hole. Mm. Okay. So, so now that we've got the brilliance out of the way, at least from my point of view, the the <laughs> other two, the other two are, are not in the same realm at all. The the Walk in Sand and um, Sea of Everything are not comparable to Future Soul Song. Yeah. From the point of view, to me, from the point of view of lyricism, point of view of composition, performance, passion, emotion, etc. Just not, they're completely... Different, yeah. Different. Um, I mean, none of the other two, I wouldn't be playing in the upper echelons of his discography or his catalogue. That's just my personal opinion. Not to say that they're bad songs, but I just think that Future Soul Song is so brilliant it's hard to compare uh, most of his slower tempo ballads. And again, I'm saying this without any hesitation. It's not as if I'm... I don't even have to think about it. It's such a good song. Oh, God. I've got to stop singing its praises so we can move on to something else. Um, <laughs> well, I'll just, I'll just remind you again. I, I, I agree with you that the other two, it's hard to put them in the same class, but I actually think the other two are very, very solid tracks as well, particularly... Um, uh, see of everything, just for the, the lyrics. And well, tell us why. Tell just us why, because I'm really, I'm really struggling to understand. Stand you here again. I'm not, I'm not bagging no, the song. I think it's, it's decent enough. Um, it's far from great. I just, I just remember listening to it and thinking it's a, it's so honest. It just seems so honest to me. There's, there's a line in it where he's talking about. To me, it's like him talking about his relationship with, with Brian. Uh, I mean, um. On a serious side, like he, there's a line that says something like, um, you know, don't ever say that. Uh, what is it? Don't ever say that you'll die, or you know, you can't live without me because one day I might. You're basically saying I'm probably going to die first, kind of thing. I can't remember the exact lyric, but that's quite yeah. moving stuff. Yeah, and the whole thing about you know searching the wilderness and searching for a king, and you know you settle for prince and a sea of everything, kind of thing. Almost like, well, 
you know, you've settled for this elder statesman, famous rock star, but will you know, will you be happy when it's it's all over? And it, it's just, I don't know, I just find it very honest. Um, yeah, so that's why I like. It. Mm. But, yeah, I I struggle to get. I, I'm struggling to connect with the song because I don't really know what he's talking about. I, I don't think it's it's obvious. I don't know how Captain and, and Player are, are interpreting that track or if they're interpreting it at all, but I'm interpreting <laughs> it with difficulty, with great difficulty, um, not least of which, for many reasons, not least of which is is the fact that it sounds to me so personal that I just can't relate to what he's saying. Um <clears throat> And in fact, I don't really even understand what he's talking about. I've heard it many times. Does Does anyone really know, from a holistic point of view, what that song's about? I mean, it's just to me. Well, I'm, not I, a, I'm not no. a fan of. I'm not a fan of of um, using metaphors for metaphor's sake. Like sometimes, it, I think it's it's a decent idea to spell things out to a degree, because otherwise, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I'm going off on a tangent here, but I really can't can't get to the core of the song. Help me yeah, out, someone. I, well, I think, like I said, to me, when I hear it, it's talk, he's talking about his new relationship. And I got I found the lyric I'm talking about. There's no need to say, I'd die without you, because I may. What will, what will you do? I mean, like, it's pretty powerful. It's pretty interesting that he's, you know, he's thinking about these kind of things. Mm. Anyway. Okay. And then, what, what's the third ballad? The third ballad is Walk in Sand. Those two tracks, Walk in Sand and Sea of Everything, they they are a tie for me for a most skippable track on this album. Agreed. Yeah. Agree. I agree with you, Captain. There. What was that as player? They, you agree? Yeah, I agree. Oh, okay. As soon as they come on, I'm like, next, next. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, I don't think sand, I don't think they're terrible songs, but yeah. Yeah, I think Walking Sand is a nice track. It's a it's a happy song, one of his happy songs, but it doesn't sort of completely fit. Like, the the, the rest of the album is pretty consistent in its mm. sound, whereas that one just sort of is a little bit different. And that's not a bad thing. It's it's good, but like you said, it, when you get to it, it, it can be skippable. Well, it's the first it's it. the first song that uses live drums, so obviously yeah. the, it's a, there's a different sound and yeah, and more live acoustic type of instrumentation. But yeah, it's quite similar to um, not so much the song, but uh, it's kind of similar to All the Midnights in the World, but it doesn't all that. Like I'm not a big fan of All the Midnights in the World, uh, and to me, I was worried the first time I heard it and that this would kind of be that song but at the moment it's not it's a, it's a bit better than those you know acoustic sort of soft rocky ballads kind of thing that he does like I'm a fan of this song but maybe not on this album if it was put on a different project and sort of and it fit in a different sound there it, you know might grab me a bit more mm. yeah I, I, I second that emotion <laughs> to quote Smokey Robinson I think um, that's yeah that's the general gist for me it's it's a it's quite a solid track in all areas except for this the not even the sequencing just the the fit on this album I, I don't know don't know about that but um, now that we've got the ballads out of the way what now else? we get to the good what, stuff what really yeah exactly <laughs> what what really stri- strikes everyone um, about this release um, I'm surprised that I like it <laughs> I'm surprised we, we are as well I like as many songs. I'm surprised I like as many songs as I do. Okay. I, and how many know. is that, Captain? <laughs> um, One. Apart from the ballads, most of it. But you don't like ballads in general anyway, right? No, unless it's absolute, you know, top-notch. You know, if it's a door, then okay, but hmm. it's not. But, yeah, apart from those three, I, I like pretty much everything on here, which really surprises wow. me. Wow. What a statement. I like it because it's, like I said before, it's pretty consistent, whereas the last mm. 
maybe 10 years worth of albums there's always he, he tries to do like a mini sign of the times and does a little bit of everything or tries mm. to and then sometimes the sequencing doesn't work whereas this one it's you can put it on and it sort of sounds like it was meant all the tracks were meant for the one album or the one release mm. and that's why I like it that you can put it on and it, and it just sort of flows really nicely I still think he, though he's still trying to do too many things but instead of on separate songs he's doing them in single songs hmm. he's trying to put too many different elements different sections into one is probably my main problem with this album I'll tell you what I do and don't like I love the way he's recorded the guitars on this album it sounds so good mm. Mm. but I think the downside is it's lacking some songs are lacking like I really like to hear like a nice guitar solo from him like there's good yeah. rhythm guitar and good funk chops in it where's the solo yeah I, I'm dying for a solo mm. and that's yeah I'm just thinking that's one of the, like if you look at some of the other but he's, he's that done this, that before so many times though you know yeah but it's just uh, I don't know like some of these albums uh, this album's been compared to like 1999 and Purple Rain and stuff and, and those ones had at least a track that had a nice guitar solo in it mm. and I was just yeah I think he could have just put one of those into the mix. It would have been ideal. But, like, the way the, the, the rhythm guitar's been recorded is really nice. Mm. Tight as anything. Yeah. And the uh, the Lindrum is just so dry, even oh, more man. dry than Minneapolis Sound. Um, yeah. And if anything, that kind of... Like, when we did Minneapolis Sound, we were talking about how he's kind of taking it, you know, to another... Not to another level, as in better, but just a different, slightly different kind of sound. But this one, if anything, kind of hucks more back to 1999 I think just because that, mm. that Lindrum is just so dry throughout. It sounds like some of the Associated Artists album, like some of the, the music in it, like Apollonia and Vanity and The yeah, Times yeah. That, that sort of sound as well Did, yeah. Has anyone heard that he says The Revolution in this album? Oh, what track? I don't know <laughs> Somewhere. Yeah, I, I don't I, think he's talking he about Revolution it, the band, I think he's talking about like a oh, spiritual it revolution It doesn't matter, as soon as I heard it I'm like has he ever even said that before? No, he said Resolution, Captain. Remember that? Oh, uh, that's yeah. all. Um, now, somewhere on this album, he says Revolution, I'm sure. And I listen to it, and I'm like, oh, he said Revolution. <laughs> we'll have to play it backwards. Sir, it wasn't Resolution. Uh, far, no, I'm not. <laughs> but because it is such a... Going back to that era, that sound, it just stuck out at me so obviously. Yeah. Hey, 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 I want to say an interesting thing. If you go and listen to the track Cause and Effect, he he says, uh, I think, three or four of the song titles from this album. I was just listening to it today, and he says Compassion, he says Future Soul Song, and something else I can't remember. So there. Cool. Very interesting. He's trying to be tricky. Maybe Cause and Effect will be on the official uh, American release, if that ever happens. Mm. Actually, I was thinking about that, whether Cause and Effect was ever intended. And... Um, I think because the, you know, the tempo is quite similar to Compassion. Uh, yeah, it's a similar well, track. Yeah, so I'm not sure which. Obviously, I have no idea which was recorded first, um, but he's obviously decided to go with Compassion. Uh, mm. Which personally, I actually, Compassion's good, but I would actually say, if anything, that's most skippable. First track. Oh, you're kidding! I'm not saying I dislike it, but wow, it's kind of. We're, like, we're gonna I, really disagree on this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I like, I like it. Don't get me wrong. It's not like. You know, it's not when to, uh, it's not um, arms of Orion or anything. Uh, I just, I don't know. I always just normally skip 
straight to track two, start from there. And then, oh, wow. no. Wow, you're joking. Get to it. <laughs> oh, we're getting sticky now. <laughs> yeah, we are. We are. <laughs> okay, I Wait, have a tie. I, I have a tie for my four. The four tracks that I really like. There's four. Let's hear it. I can't even and put it do down. You, what do you mean? There's a tie. A tie for, for which one's your favourite one out of the four? Yeah, I can't even put it down right now to even one track or two. It's four, wow. and it's Compassion, uh, Laveau, Act of God, and Everybody Loves Me. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't wait to do the proper review now. Yeah, <laughs> I like I like all those four songs, but they all have a couple of things I don't like as well. So that's oh, why it's we knew hard. that was going to happen. That's why it's hard to <laughs> to pick one because they've all got something over the other one. Can I just and say this? If Prince at the start of the year said that he was going to bring out a fight song and brought out Lay Down instead of Purple and Gold, oh, yeah, uh, that's the fight song. That is a fight song. That's yep. that's the way to do it. You say I'm yep. bringing out a fight song, and you bring out lay down. That's it. It's that's the way to do it. Whew. Imagine this, that in a stadium. Yeah, exactly. That's when, as soon as I heard it, I thought this is the fight song. This is you know to bring it on. If you were putting that against an opposition team, like bow down. That's it. Yeah. I've got to say awesome. about lay down as well. If that is in fact its correct name, that. Of, I think of all the times he's attempted to make like a current sounding song yeah. and failed. Yep. I think this is the closest he's gotten in a long time. I don't think he's attempting to make a current song with this at all. I've heard so many people say that. It sounds I don't, like I don't hear it. anything you hear on the radio like today. No way. Yeah. And this is this sounds like the closest he's gotten to yeah. doing that out of all his previous attempts. To my ears. To me, um, this Again, track... Again, I disagree. To me, this track is... I think if it wasn't in the middle of the album, it would have stunk kind of thing. But the fact that he's <laughs> put it right at the end like a bonus track, I can kind of see... Well, I think I can see his, his thinking where it's like, hey, here's a little fun jam and bonus track kind of thing. And in that sense, it's pretty cool. But as an actual album track, I reckon it'd be pretty weak. But I like viewing it as kind of like, hey, here's a little fun outtake. Um... It's I reckon of, it would be a great opener. Yeah, yeah. it might have worked as an opener. Yeah, see that. But uh, it kind of reminds me of New Power Soul, like that that era, kind of like you know, dirty, dirty funk. You know, lay down. I don't know. It just reminds me of New Power Soul. Mm. But I like New Power. Interesting. It's um to me it's it's like future funk. I've said this before. Thirty one twenty one's like future funk. Yeah. And and this is like future future funk. This is like 2012 future funk. <laughs> it's 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 conceptual it's not, continuity. Yeah, <laughs> when when Captain says it sounds like a- anything you'd hear on the radio, man, nothing on the radio is this funky. First of all, second of all, nothing in the radio sounds this good in three minutes, and has that much f- guitar jamming and bass, bass slapping. Oh, and yes. Oh man! Well, see, that's the thing, though. No, I agree with you. I think that the 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 actual music itself sounds like Prince. It has his stamp all over it. But the way but the he's production, the way he's delivering the lines, the way he's singing the song, he's it's mm. trying to be like. But he does it so much better. It's like I'm taking your game and turning it on you, my style. Mm. Yeah, and you know what? 
I think that might even be the motivation or the inspiration behind the song. Exactly, yeah. But I don't think that he's... I think the um, the vocal delivery and performance... Yeah, that, yeah I, I'll agree with you guys that that's fairly current and um, very derivative of what's been happening in music in the last few years. Yeah. But the music to me doesn't sound like it. That's I mean, right. the way that he strums a guitar and the way that he slaps the bass and the background vocals and how they're mixed in. I mean, that's that's very that's very funky, first of all, but it's very Prince-like. So Yes. I, I think it's an awesome track. It could be an opener for me. I want to know who the girl is who does the backing vocal when he says uh, here comes the purple Yoda. How cool is that? There's a girl in, like, he sounds like a young girl. Yeah. Sounds the, hot. Who's, yeah. Who is it? Find out. I don't know. I Whoever know. she is, she sounds hot. The, yeah, the Shelby sh- shout-outs through it, it reminds me of Rosie Gaines, like, mm. the way that she used to be on tracks. S- similar sort of style. But Shelby Shelby was at the BET Awards, right? With She was the one with no hair. Yep. She's scary. She, she's rocking the Sinead O'Connor look. <laughs> she's, she, she's... Well, that's a fun, funny you should say that. They've been doing the version of Nothing Compares to You on the tour. Yeah. <laughs> um... All right. So, what, what, what? Any other, any other kind of overarching thoughts about about the album as a whole, or any specific tracks? What about these? Uh, I don't know. I guess you call them the the funk staples, Sticky Like Glue and um, yeah, uh, Laveau. They're, they're they're two of my favorite tracks. Sticky Same. Like Glue in particular. Sticky Like Glue would fit on 1999, and yep. it wouldn't. It would fit perfectly. You wouldn't even know. Uh, you know, if it was mixed at the same levels and this kind of thing. That's a good uh, I think track. I think you're, you're forgetting one 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 element of that song. Oh yes, the, yes, the, the rap, the dodgy rap, yeah, the yeah, dodgy rap. Yeah, you, you, the rap you'd is know. dodgy. You, the rap is yeah. dodgy. I'll give you that. Yeah. But um, yeah, that 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 it brings a song down for me. It does a it bit. Really I'll, does. I'll, I'll admit that it does a bit. But just the groove, the beat, the groove, the yeah. general like the chorus, everything about it is just killer, killer. Just everything locks in so well. Out of the out of say sticky like glue Laveau and act of god if you want to say they're the three funk tracks sticky like glue's the weakest oh no 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 way act Laveau of and act weakest. of god no. oh, they're, they're funky act of god is, is second weakest track on the album to me act of god has the funkiest groove on this album uh, that's yeah, the, the, doesn't know what he's talking about game. what is he talking about <laughs> excellent <laughs> lyrics don't even make sense talking about dirty fat bankers <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah, I kind of have a problem with like songs like that, like Prince sort of trying to relate to a to the common man sort of thing. Mm. I I don't know where he's going with the with the song, like you know, saying you know, don't use God, you know, as is that what he's saying though? I think it is. I think it's kind of like he's saying, you know, don't use God as an excuse. Or yeah, no one does. Who does? This is this is the it's to me it's the most nonsensical cool. illogical song on the album one of the most illogical songs he's ever written. Oh, well, it, there are my interpretation. Okay. There's natural disasters. There's always some loony religious nut that comes out saying, "Oh, it's a sign of God" and this kind of thing. I think I don't know. Yeah, I, I like I can see yeah I can see where like he's incensed by that and he has to write a song. Can you about please it. can you explain it to me in in just a couple minutes? Sure. Because I I'm I'm struggling. And, and for our listeners as well, who might be struggling like me. Yeah, well, like, I'm with you on it. Like, I don't, you know, I don't think it works when Prince tries to do a song like this, like, relating to, like, people that have lost their houses and stuff, because he would never be in that sort of position. But mm. 
but then you know I can see he's he's saying that you know don't use the words God or a God for those those sort of things because a, a God is is someone that's compassionate and yeah. and ever loving and and these are like disasters that you're linking to God and all these sort of stuff so I sort of know that part of it but it just doesn't work for me and it's like yeah I think it's uh, I may not be up to date with my Jehovah's Witness um, uh, beliefs, but I think watch, that they don't tower. believe. You better, well, you better subscribe, brother. Now watch out. <laughs> no, but my understanding is that they they don't believe that God intervenes. Is that he's kind of taking a step back? I don't know. That's my understanding. So in that sense, he's kind of you know uh, expressing his um, Jehovah's Witnesses' beliefs, which I kind of agree with in that sense. In, of that, at least that aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah, to me it's, it's one of those songs that Toad Jam has said before where the, the music's light and but the lyrics are quite dark but mm-hmm. it's not like a song that you could put on in a club and dance to it talking about bankers taking houses off families and stuff don't call it an act of God, God. yeah calling it an act of God I don't know yeah I don't know the music's very sort of Pac-Man for me oh it's excellent <laughs> I think the music's all right. There's a bit of gospel infusion there. The, the, the beat's pretty cool. Yeah. It, I mean, it's played fairly well, but yeah, I'm I'm almost whenever it comes on, I'm 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 almost searching for the skip button. Oh. Almost. Because oh it just you guys know my thoughts on Rainbow Children, and to me, this is like one of those. I don't like nonsensical, illogical um, lyrics from my point of view. You know, everyone interprets things differently, and I just. What are you talking about? It's a funk it's not, track. Who gives a crap what he's talking it, about? It's it just funky. It makes sense. It, now, it would to. be funky if he wasn't if he if it wasn't so contrived in its lyricism. Oh, I didn't listen to a word of this song. Yeah, and that's why you, <laughs> exactly. That's why, you like <laughs> that's why you like it. That's probably why you like most of this stuff because you're not listening to the lyrics. <laughs> it's a great song. It's in, it's oh, in the top man. three. Mm. But just don't call it an act of God. Um, anyway, Laveau. Now that, tr- that could come off 1999. That's just the keyboard sounds on that are just they're beautiful. That's what they are. Yeah, you know what it reminds me very much of is life can be so nice. Whenever mm-hmm. I hear it, what? Yeah, <laughs> no, seriously. Whenever I hear it, two minutes later, I've got life can be so nice in my head. That's it. When I when I heard it, I thought on, of, maybe I'm thinking of the wrong song. But I, yeah, I, I, I thought of Pointer Sisters Automatic, and I thought, nah, I'm I'm imagining this. And then I went on the org and I clicked on the sticky of Laveau. Everyone Everyone's said going that. Pointer Sisters. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm not imagining this. <laughs> so when I first heard it, I was like, oh man, I'm just so happy. Act of God is over. Yeah, oh, this is cool. <laughs> I was quite su- surprised by Laveau because I thought Laveau would be like an instrumental track. Mm. I thought, how could you make a song like just about like an area in Switzerland? Well, again, and without going into too much detail, we'll do it next time. But to me, the lyrics aren't as contrived here as they are on, on, on Act of God. But there's, there's a, there are a few, towards the end, a few references to something about going to New York and going to an assembly hall or something, and something about the word suffering. The word is suffering. Man, what are you talking about? <laughs> Please explain. <laughs> I need the lyric book to clear it Just, up. Yeah, I'd really love to, to read these lyrics. And not because I'm, I like what I'm hearing, but I just don't understand most of it. I'd really like to know what the song's about, not just dance aimlessly to the funk. Um, <laughs> so just anyway. because you don't understand it doesn't mean it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean... That's a, that's a great may, point. Maybe to him it makes perfect sense, but everyone else doesn't you'd, have a clue about you'd it. You'd hope it would. <laughs> I mean, if he's questioning his own lyrics, that wouldn't be right. <laughs> 
<laughs> that wouldn't be too good. Um, okay, now it the, could, the song it could be a bit longer that one. It's only three minutes or something, and I just every time I hear it, oh, I just I just plead sure. for like another minute or so of more of it because it's such a good groove. That's the same with lay down though. It just stops, and I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah I'll agree too with you sure. guys there. The groove, the grooves, are, the grooves all over this album are great. I mean, the groove in Laveau is great. Lay down, awesome. Yeah, I'll put my hand up there. Now that my what would be my favourite song except for a couple of things is track number nine. Everybody loves me. Yes. Yeah. I just don't like the chorus. Every other part wow. of the song I love. But it's just carrying on from um there'll never be another like me to everybody loves me. Mm. I don't know, I don't hear it like that. <laughs> this is the no more candy for you on this album, I think. That's all. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to see the the resemblance. When I when I first heard this I was I was like, oh man, this is terrible. This is really <laughs> the low point of this album, and I couldn't listen to it for, for the first few times. Mm. I thought it was like the Muppets on speed. <laughs> That's what I love about it. And then, and then, without then start, any then prejudice, <laughs> then I started listening to it kind of, it, it was just in the background, you know, towards the end of the album, I kind of, I doze off after Sea of Everything, and then this kind of woke me up, so I had to, <laughs> I had to pay attention. But the I love the chorus, whereas Captain says he doesn't like the chorus. I think the chorus is what makes the song. Um, the kind of descending scales. Yeah, that's um, what I don't like. The end of it. That's, he, that's what I really stuck, enjoy. If he just stuck with the classic pop song, nah, it would have been perfect. Nah, that, see, that's what makes the song. He had to screw it and try and fit that's too what, many that's different That's what makes the song. <laughs> that is exactly what makes the song oh, to me. It gives it momentum. It, it, it gives it the momentum and that kind of a kick, double kick. <laughs> I think anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm siding with MC here. I totally agree. I mean, it's such a, it's like total, um, you know, kids show Muppets on Speed. Whoever said that, <laughs> like, it's total kids show. But then it's got this, you know, really interesting um, descending chord bit, which is like, yeah, yeah that just yeah. takes it to another level. Yeah, yeah. And it's like once it gets on the track, you just can't stop it. You got to keep going. It's yeah. just gonna keep going through. Mm. It's awesome. It's awesome. I actually, I, kinda, disagree. I disagree with. I think it was Player who said that um, it's a bit like there'll never be another like me. I don't hear it like that. I hear it like it's more just about positive thinking kind of thing. That's and having a party. Yeah, like everyone, you know, we all love, you know, I love you, you love me, let's just, you know, positive thinking, let's let's just rock it kind of. Yeah, because remember he said, before he says everybody loves me, he says I love everybody and everybody loves me. Right. It's almost like a call and response at his concerts. Yeah. To me, it's like a, a lyrical depiction of that. Yeah. A visual depiction of what happens at a show, you know. Yeah. I don't know. But um, I can't believe that we've gone, we, you know, we're heading towards the end of this mini show that we're calling our first impressions. And it's up to me to call out the best song on this album. Compassion. No. <laughs> yes. The best song on this album, in my opinion, oh, is... I know, it's number two, isn't it? No, it's yeah, it's Beginning Endlessly. Lit literally, it's number two. I thought Beginning you were say... Endlessly is the best song on 2010. Oh no. I no, thought no, you were no. going to say tracks uh, 10 to 76. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Nah, Beginning Endlessly is genius. I, I, I put it onto my iPod and um, it, you know how you, you can rate songs on the iPod out of five stars? Yeah. This is a five. Oh. I gave Colonized Mind a five. This is a five. We know your iTunes ratings and how they work. <laughs> this is a this is a brilliant song in every respect, just like oh, oh, Future oh. Soul song. Oh, oh. Yeah, <laughs> right? Captain's opinion on this before I say anything. I, well, because there's more things I don't like about this song than things I do like. 
but oh, you're not, there's nothing not, wrong with it. I won't say it's a terrible song, but I'll say I don't like it. It's not a bad song. This, mm. along with 3121, is one of the best songs he has done in the last 15 years. I just don't like it. I like the keyboard riff and puts a real dark oh, edge on it. That's Listen what I don't like. That's one of the main oh, that is the... Oh. Yeah. Can I take a guess on one of the kidding. things Captain doesn't like? Yeah. Is it the echo on that keyboard sound? That's part of it. Yeah. Heaps of reverb. Awesome. But even just the actual chords he's playing, I just don't like it. They are so cool. It gives it a dark uh, edge. Yeah, they're so dark and, and kind of mysterious. Galactic, almost. It's just awesome. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's, it's cosmic. <laughs> yeah. I think this song is brilliant. I won't go into too much detail other than to say that from the first second to the last bar, this is pure spiritual, uni some other type stuff. He's on some universe, cosmic, <laughs> cosmology, astrology, spirituality type stuff on this one and it is brilliant the lyrics are brilliant um and and the way that i mean it's called beginning endlessly but the words aren't uttered until like three quarters yeah. into it and when you hear them it just rounds it up so nicely oh it's too much mm. i'll go into it when we do the review but this is a brilliant song what a piece of work by the guy there's, there's literally two seconds that i like in this song and i, I oh, when we man. do the review i'll tell you exactly where they are we but. are literally at odds here. <laughs> <laughs> there's, just, there's just one tiny part that I've heard, and I'm like, oh, I like that bit, and then I'll oh, back to the horrible part. <laughs> you know, you, you failing to see the absolute genius, mastery, and brilliance in this song explains to me completely <laughs> how you can be such a big fan of John Farnham. <laughs> it really... <laughs> it just... It's obvious now. See, well, John uh, Farnham doesn't do dark. I don't like dark. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm a big fan of this track too. I, I think it's. Yeah, I like the darkness to it, and I really like the uh, the ascending chords in this one. The way you know. Yeah. How it, every few seconds or yeah, every what happens. Yeah. Raises and raises, and I remember oh. the first time I heard it, I'm thinking, "Wow, where's, where are these chords going?" Kind of thing. Ooh. Yeah, they're going um, up to space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't want to poo-poo it. But I'm kind of. I kind of feel how you feel about Active God. I'm not sure what the lyrics are really talking about, and it's. Like, don't I love the groove and I love the song, but I still haven't caught yet. I'm not really sure where they're going. Um, I, I I have to side with you to, in part, or agree with you in part, in that I haven't completely figured it out. I haven't completely figured out my interpretation of it. But there are a few things that I think I have a kind of good understanding of, whether it's his intention or not. But I'm going to leave that for the review because I'm going to kind of paint a picture about what this song is all about when, when we go into it. Cool. Mm. Like, uh, you know... He's, He's obviously talking about some deep spiritual thing, but then he goes straight into, you know, let me let you ex explore your anatomy and all this kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. It's not a song for Kenny G. <laughs> or Michael Bolton. <laughs> well, I'll just, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll leave a little clue for the <laughs> listeners and, and, and just say beginning endlessly, pre-creation, uh, procreation and recreation. I'll leave it there. But um, I'll go into some of those lyrics later on. Yeah, is there anything we haven't talked about? Any song we haven't even mentioned yet? I don't think we've talked about them all. Oh, like. that's, that's everything, yeah. Well, that's it's pretty it. rough, though. That's like, it. we should, to our listeners, you know, we, we've only heard, or well, personally, I've only heard the album maybe six times, listened through, so... This is still well, pretty we've early. only had it for a couple of days, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty early thoughts at the moment, so wait for our full review. We might change our minds on a few things. I probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, one, one thing I will finish on... F from from my corner is 
he's been playing these these shows, right? And festival gigs aside, in my opinion, he should be substituting some of his hits with some of this stuff because some of it is equally as good. I mean, let's go crazy. Substitute it with compassion. Um, compassion. Kiss, kiss. Substitute it with sticky like glue. Beautiful ones or adore anything like that. Substitute it with future soul song. You know, you can just keep going on and on and on. Beginning endlessly, man. Put that in somewhere. Start the show with that. It's some great material on here. But, um, yeah, those ballads leave a lot to be desired. <laughs> I'll leave the rest to you guys. <laughs> he hasn't really covered um, new material in tours since uh, the, the Gold Experience tour. And, really. and Rainbow Children. And Rainbow Children, yeah. Those two aside. The theatre tour, though. Yeah. Which, Every... strangely, are two of the best albums <laughs> in that whole time period. Yeah. I think it's interesting. You definitely learn a lesson with the gold experience because what would have happened, and I was kind of saying this before, is that like, you know, if you're just a casual fan and you're reading a newspaper, oh yeah, Prince is playing next week, but he's only playing new material. Like for the hardcore fans, that's awesome. But for the, most people, are like, oh, we don't, we just want to hear Purple Rain and Kiss kind of thing. So I think he's learnt that, you know, save all that material for the smaller venues, and I got no problem with that. But the mm. problem with the gold tour was it was all exclusively gold music. Whereas previous tours, he mixed a bit of the new material from the albums and the classics. Yeah. And I think that's mm. the key. He needs to... Like, fair enough, okay, if he's doing a festival, do do the hits because that's what people are there for. You know, they're, they're at a festival and that's what they know. That's fine. But if you're going to do a, uh, like a full-on scale tour for both casual fans and hardcore fans, mix both the hits and the, and the new stuff in it. You know what I think is a good set list? Sign of the Times tour. Yeah. He played like the majority of the album and then he did like what? 1999 Let's Go Crazy When Doves Cry. Well, he, chucked, um, he chucked some hits at the end, but he did I agree a with lot you. of the album. I agree that with was you a, there. A well done set list. Yeah, and I'm going to I'll say it now and I'm sure I'm going to say it countless times. But man, half of this half of these new shows could be Lotus Flower, MPLS Sound 3121 and a lot of this new 2010 material and yeah. the rest just the hits, especially when he do, when he doesn't do festivals anymore and just some of his own shows. It would just be great. But then again, at the end of the day, he he's he's going to play what he wants to play and and um and that's cool. I mean, he you know, he needs to get up on if he's going to get up on stage and and this this is for this is probably what how it should be for for all artists. When you get up on that stage, play whatever inspires you. So, you know, if Let's Go Crazy inspires you that night, play it. Um, but it would I just I'd love to hear some of this stuff mm. live. The thing is, this all brings up the same question which we've said before: is does he think that the new stuff's not that good, and that's why he's not playing it? I hope not. I really hope because some of this material. I mean, already you got two or three songs that are classic. Yeah, but does he think that? I. Uh, yeah, he wouldn't put it out if he didn't think something of it. He put purple and gold out. <laughs> maybe maybe it's the band. They're not qualified. The ba- no, no, no. Do you think, like... <laughs> no, MC touched on this last year. You know how he was saying that um, with some of the songs, like John Blackwell and Ronto and all that would overplay it. Mm. Mm. Like, not that there's anything overly complicated on this album because it's like a minimalist sound. Hmm. But do you think that, you know, this band is more capable, like, more designed for the, the hits and stuff? And I think so. Maybe yeah. a different band for the album stuff. I don't know. Maybe. Well, this, I mean, the current band that he's got could play the hell out of this. Out of these new 2010 songs. Yeah, well, you look at No More Candy For You, the live version of that from last year, the Paris one. Yeah, that was That's smoking. It. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I've always, I've maintained, I maintain what I said at some point in one of the shows we did, that... I think this band is so in tune with 
playing, I mean, Cora playing in the pocket and Josh playing, like, really... He, he gets those basic MPLS, you know, Minneapolis sound grooves down pat, and together, they're a great combination. And, you know, whenever they hit controversy and, and all that kind of material, it, it, it's smoking. So, you know, there, there are a lot of comparisons between the early 80s work and this new album from the groove, groove perspective. I, th- I think they could pull it off really well. So And Sheila E. Yeah. Mm. Well, speaking of Sheila, you know, we only saw her a few weeks ago. <laughs> a few weeks ago, and you know, she's up on stage with Prince. Um, supposedly played at the Vienna show, um, and a few of the other ones. I mean, how how cool is that? Yeah. It'd be great for them to um, move move further east, <laughs> come along further east <laughs> and south. down under. Yes. <laughs> but we're not in the rap. Rio de Janeiro's in the rap. Euros in the rap. Amero's in the rap. There's no <laughs> Australia. <laughs> Pseudo Australio. <laughs> oh well, we're not on the radar. Yeah. Okay. So let's go round the table and everyone pick your favorite track at this point off the new release 2010. Go now, player. Uh, Putting you on the spot. Sticky. Sticky like glue. Yep. Oh, sticky, sticky. Captain. It's uh, tough, but I'm gonna say compassion. Toe jam. Uh, far and Away, Sticky Like Glue, by a mile. What? At this okay. stage. Far and Away, Beginning Endlessly. That's the official MC choice selection. <laughs> beginning Endlessly is the track on this release. Awesome. There you have it. Interesting. I can't wait to do the proper review of this, because I reckon a few more listens. I, there's a few tracks that I'm kind of already starting to appreciate more and already starting to depreciate more, so I'm keen to give this like another a week or two and really solidify it. So I can have mm. a proper opinion kind of thing. Yep, we'll do that. Yeah, me too. Well, uh, and uh, well, that's about it. It's a wrap. And um, for all the Europeans out there, keep enjoying the gigs. Looks sounds like it's going to be a hot summer for a little while longer. And uh, if anyone back. talks to Prince, tell him <laughs> Sydney's waiting. <laughs> Peach and Black are waiting. Um, Come on, if Cheap Face can tour Sydney, bloody Prince can too. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> If you need an opening act, um, yep. if he wants to sit in. So check us out, and we'll be back soon with a full 2010 review, album review, track by track. Whew, that's going to be whack. Yeah, bye. Bye. bye.